X-ray. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I can't imagine anybody not liking this beer. And welcome to the Beer Vana Show, broadcast in Portland on X-Ray FM and available anywhere on your favorite podcast service. We join you here under a canopy of oak leaves and acorns. Yeah, although not too many. Bombing, bombing us from above. I'm glad, I'm glad you have your little uh, umbrella here up. Uh, under a canopy of oak leaves in lovely southeast Portland, Portland's Buckman neighborhood. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Patrick. I'm Patrick Emerson, professor of economics at Oregon State University. And with me, of course, is, as always, Jeff Allworth, author of the forthcoming Beer Bible, second edition. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, note on the tree, I noticed that you when you walked out, there a few acorns fell, and it's because the squirrels are knocking them down. But I think there's way fewer because of that heat dome we had. It seems to have really uh, the heat dome. diminished that. We've had way fewer acorns than any time in the 16 years we've lived here. So. Yeah, that heat dome kind of um, uh, did a number on my little maple tree, and I'm worried about it. I've just actually set up a little drip system to give it some water. But yeah, it was intense. Yeah. So intense that the other day it was something like 96 degrees, and I walked outside. Oh, it's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 116. There's nothing. <laughs> Which even 96 degrees in, in uh, Portland, Oregon is pretty darn hot. Usually something that I would just melt, but. I know. I, it used to be, uh, and in fact, I, I look at my uh, Facebook memories these days, and it'll it'll have <laughs> a, a memory of me complaining when it hits ninety degrees, like I'm melting, <laughs> and I'll, I'll go on and on and on about how brutal it is. And now, ninety degrees is just normal. So it's that that's just a day. Yeah. Welcome to the new normal. Yeah. I uh, have this uh, infamous summer head cold that's been going around. We talked about this before the podcast. I mentioned this on the podcast because I'm a little stuffed up. Yeah. It's not so infamous that I had heard of it, but. Uh, well, you don't read the New York Times who did a big article on yeah. on how it's raging the country and it's big and bad because our immune systems are unprepared or they've gotten flabby in their, in their uh, vacation from illness. Yeah. Because we're all wearing masks and staying away from each other. Well, everything you read is true. <laughs> it sucks. Uh, actually, it's the first cold I can remember that actually basically put me out for a day. I was just like, I couldn't do anything. And anyway, it's two weeks now and it's still lingering slightly. So I mentioned it just because you might hear that. I'm a wow, stu- two weeks. You do have an, you are getting to be an elderly gentleman with no immune system at all. Two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> now I'm going to cough. <laughs> <laughs> just to just to prove the point. Two weeks. Good lord. I know. Well, apparently, I'm not uncommon. That this is the kind of uh, thing that's that's happening. But what I what I what I uh, take solace in is the fact that now my I'm sort of revving my. It's like going to the gym for the immune system. It's getting all revved up for the winter. <laughs> so I'm going to be good. But you're going to get really sick. Your theory is that getting sick is good yeah, for your health. Exactly. It's the immune system gives you a workout. It's ready to go. It's all buff. Got strong muscles, good endurance. It's gonna, it's gonna do me good when the, when the real cold system. All right, all right for you. <laughs> uh, by the way, we we are now uh, post Great Northwest IPA Smackdown. Yes, we survived. Me barely. I know. <laughs> I realize uh, this is an old man tale, but I realize I forgot to drink my coffee in the mo- that morning. I was so like. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Intent. And so I got home that night after we had done the Great Northwest Smackdown, and I had a raging headache, and I thought, wow, I really actually didn't drink that much beer. Because you don't. I mean, you try really hard not to drink too much. You'll get all drunk. 
uh, couldn't, figure, couldn't figure out for the longest time. Like, yeah, we why? were texting and you were talking about how you were really feeling it. And I was surprised yeah. because you weren't drinking as much, much more than I was, if, if at all. And, and I was feeling okay. <laughs> and it suddenly clued that I didn't have my caffeine jolt in the morning. And that's if that's always a bad thing. And somehow I didn't realize it till much, much later. Yeah, that's amazing. Thus is the age. But I, I have a couple of uh, post-IPA Smackdown thoughts. I, I have one too that it's no I didn't mention anywhere so Ooh, okay. we have we have nice chatter yeah I don't think I've mentioned this to you either but the first is and I think I did mention this at the time but I I, I feel this more strongly now ex post which is and I'll tell you why um, which is that the these kinds of uh, competitions with a beer like an IPA that's that's pretty assaultive of your senses skews big like the bigger bolder you know smack your face kind of IPAs tend to just stand out because that's just the way your senses are getting overwhelmed. and Yeah, 100%. And it's especially the case when you're judging more than one flight because yeah. your palate gets even more fatigued the more yeah. flights that come along. So, yeah, it self-selects for bold flavors. Yeah. Totally. We talked about uh, last time with the uh, – uh, I think we talked about on air the, that, that I revisited the Von Ebert and uh, had the same sort of experience um, uh, being kind of assaulted at first and finally – finding it like almost objectionable and then after <laughs> after half a glass like oh actually wait a minute because <laughs> my senses had calibrated right so uh apropos of that i was gonna say i have all this leftover beer because a lot of these beers i had to buy six packs of and so i'm now sitting with these beers in my fridge and i just want to give a shout out because i'm really enjoying the ninkazi which didn't make it to the finals huh? but the ninkazi cool. juicy domination i'm finding just a really delightful summer beer it's only like five point something two three percent maybe uh-huh it's a very juicy nice ipa it's not a hazy but it's you know it's a little unfiltered and it's got all those lovely juicy flavors so i just wanted to say that uh you know it was one of those more subtle ones that probably got a little bit drowned out by the bigger ones i was uh i went through that same thought process and was thinking i would like to uh, go buy some uh ruben's hazelicious which we we commented when we were judging it that uh, it was absolutely nothing. We couldn't find a single fault, mm-hmm. but I think it just didn't present to your earlier point as uh, as bold, right? And so uh, it did not finish first. And it, but it has made me think. I would like to go back and you know have a couple of pints of that. Yeah, and it's another one I that feel. I had a six pack of. So it's another one that's sitting in my fridge, and I've had. And did you bring me any? <laughs> no, Jeff. Thank you. Really <laughs> yeah, exactly. That. I was going to say, you would have killed me if I brought you beer. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. See, there you go. Uh, it, it is also, yeah, it's another one that I find delightful. So it's kind of nice to go back. And then on the flip, flip side of this, and I texted you this last night, uh, I went and had, I also have extra space dust. And uh, we didn't clue into it. That thing is a beast. That thing is 8.4% ABV. Yeah, it's eight, I think it's 8.2, but oh, whatever. 8.2%. Yeah. 8 point something. Yeah, over <laughs> eight. Of 8. And somehow it didn't it, – so, you know, kudos to them. It didn't kill me when I first tasted it because I'm usually really sensitive to booze. So they, totally. they managed to mask the booze pretty well. They really did. But good Lord, <laughs> that thing's humongous. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I clued in pretty quick when, I, when, when it went straight to my head. And I was like, wait a minute. What's going on here? So I went back and looked. And it's a real driver of sales for AB InVev. And I'm, I'm almost wondering if it's just a loss leader. I, I, I mean, 8.2%, they're selling six packs at normal prices. I mean. Well, that was going to be my question to you, which is maybe the 8.2% is one of the big selling points. Absolutely. Now that I know, it's like, oh, let's get this one because it's at a decent price point. <laughs> It'll get you all drunk. Yeah. For the youngsters who like that. 
yeah, so we can throw that out to the mailbag. If you happen to uh, have any insight into that, it would be cur- I'd be curious to know what what the profit margin on an eight point two percent six pack of of, I- of well made IPA, which got a lot of hops in it, yeah, uh, is when sold through the three tier system like so that. So those are my those are my post IPA smackdown thoughts, and what I what I I guess my takeaway takeaway is that I'm really enjoying some of these more subtle uh, ones that didn't quite that kind of got drowned out. I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Uh, and so it's kind of nice to have a second, you know, a chance to kind of revisit these beers as a one-off, you know, in my living room or whatever. So, uh, so that's, 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 I recommend Hazelicious and uh, Juicy Domination are both really nice summer, summer IPAs, I think. Oh, very cool. Uh, I will, my, my note is that uh, Sam Pecoraro at uh, Von Ebert uh-huh. uh, emailed Ooh. Uh, to, uh, congratulate us on a on a job well done, and to thank us for uh, citing his beer as as number one, which I really appreciated because I tell you what, when we did the uh, the Pilsner taste off, you know who didn't care? Kevin Davy, who won. Yeah. He couldn't care less. That, that guy, bastard. he just it was like, you know, it was like we were something on his shoe. I mean, <laughs> come on. So, yeah, anyway. I don't think maybe he didn't quite uh, grasp the gravity of the honor that he had just been awarded. That's right. It's... Good good luck in the in the second edition, Kevin. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, that's that's good. By the way, that's kind of uh, similar. This, I suppose, my post my post uh, IPA thoughts is slightly similar to our post Pilsner thoughts, and the fact that uh, I mentioned this in the prior podcast. I kind of keep going back. Um, uh, to Crux Pills, which is one of our top Pilsners, but not the top. And for some whatever reason, it just becomes kind of my go-to. Yeah, well, I have a beer on the table, which we'll, we'll talk about later. We mm-hmm. haven't even introduced the pod, uh, the topic for the pod today. But there's a beer that I have a, exactly the same relationship to. So uh, we'll talk about that. All right. Well, well, let's introduce the pod then. So uh, for today, <laughs> I'm about to cough again. I'm trying to, trying to stretch this out so I don't cough in the middle of the introduction. All right. I think I've passed. All right. Each year, people traveling to Portland reach out to Jeff for advice about which breweries to visit. Starting in 2018, he thought it would be easier to just write a post on his website with his recommendations. After several weeks of field research, many weeks, I can attest, he he finally revealed the 2021 edition of the list on Beervana. Today, we'll discuss his recommendations and I'll add my own comments and corrections. And I'm sure you'll correct me. Because, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's 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 your role here. Uh, all that soon, but first, the news. A bland press release from Molson Coors contained a note that may leave Oregonians feeling melancholy. The national giant announced it planned to discontinue a number of minor brands in its portfolio, including Henry Weinhardt's Private Reserve. It was the last of the products once made in downtown Portland and a beer that had a huge influence in preparing the state for craft breweries. Rest in peace. That one hurts. That one does hurt. I mean, Not that I've had one in forever. I know. It's just a brand now. It yeah. doesn't have any connection to Portland anymore. But as you and I can both attest, when we were college students in Portland in the 1980s, the, Weinhards, the Blitz Weinhard Brewery was going strong. Yeah. Downtown, right in downtown Portland, which is incredible. Uh, and... Uh, Old Henry Winehouse Private Reserve was one of the go-to beers. Yeah, the the, the like when you were feeling a little bit fancy. Yeah, exactly. That's what you went. You you skip the Rainier. You could get. I remember. I, I remember it distinctly. You could get, you could get a half rack, and they came in really colorful boxes. And I, I actually was 
my favorite was the ale and i'll give you the air, air quotes because it had nothing to do with ale <laughs> the blue boar ale brand which came in a green box yep, yep, uh, yep, and yep. i think i think uh private reserve was a blue box maybe uh yeah it might have been yes yeah because it had that sort of uh tan label with blue lettering i think yeah yeah uh and and you would see those they were very iconic and you would uh, at our age you would know Ooh, someone's yeah, i'd splurging. always go for the bottles the long necks yeah, yeah that's they came in the they were the boxes oh, okay those had the, the bottles yeah. about. Right, gotcha. absolutely yeah. and they were i remember this they were seven dollars <laughs> is that right which seemed like a wow, lot, that was of, a lot money. of money you could get <laughs> you could get like a 12 pack of rainier for about five probably so yeah maybe even less than that <laughs> but yeah it, it uh it was one of the first uh, what i'll say about this is is one of the first beers that made me realize there's a diff a little bit of difference between like a hams or rainier and something like a private reserve it yeah. wasn't like the world's greatest beer but it had some refinement and a little extra taste and- it did and and it was made with cascade hops which was interesting ah. uh and i think it really prepared there you know uh the first brewery in oregon uh, was seventy nine eighty um, Cartwright, uh-huh. and then it was eighty four before one microbrewery. Yeah, yeah, before one really stuck. Right. And between that time and about nineteen ninety two, we went from no breweries to calling ourselves Beervana and having a number of local breweries. Yeah, and I think it's because that brand, uh, Private Reserve, prepared Oregonians for uh, both the concept of local beer, but also premium. Good, yeah. good local beer. So our our learning curve was much shorter than most other places on the planet because we'd already had this notion of good local beer. Yeah, that's so, kind of how I feel about it personally, at least. Yeah. And the thing uh, you would never know today because downtown Portland's transformed, particularly that part of downtown Portland. It's now like the fancy shopping condo district and there's almost no trace of the brewery left. But the smell of downtown downtown Portland was the brewery smell yeah. in the 1980s. It smelled like boiling wort. And they, it was a yep. big brewery. It was a million-barrel brewery. And yep. they brewed probably seven days a week. A and, lot, you know, They were brewing. Yeah, and depending on which way the wind was blowing, it would, that smell would just sort of waft over downtown. Absolutely. You could smell it almost – I think you. I, I think I remember smelling it as far as uh, uh, PSU. I mean, yeah. it, it would I don't doubt along. it, yeah, if the, if, the, if the wind's blowing in that direction. So. Yeah. So that is sad. Uh, it is. Uh, now probably the Weinhardt's brand will only exist as a, what, root beer? Don't they hawk root beer with the Weinhardt's brand? And I think it sells pretty well, so. Yeah, well, there you know, go. <laughs> a, a weird legacy. All right, and the second news item for today is, uh, for those of us who thought the COVID pandemic was coming under control, not so fast. The seven-day average of new cases hit 81,000 as we record this show, up from a low of 11,878 back in June 22nd. As the Delta variant causes this new spread, businesses are beginning to take action. Writing in the Chicago Tribune, Josh Noel reported on several local pubs now requiring proof of vaccination, and cities like Seattle and San Francisco are following suit. And in fact, just this morning, I think Bill de Blasio announced that New York City for gyms, restaurants, and other places will require proof of vaccination. Yeah, I think we tried the carrot and and it didn't work, and so now... Now there's chaos, and some people are trying the stick, and others are still trying the carrot, and it is it is a it's a weird scene. And I'm personally, I'm just really ready for the carrot or for the stick at this point. I feel like, yeah, I say we, go for it. We gotta if if you don't want to join society, you know, as a as a vaccinated member and protect the citizens, um, that's fine. But you know, you you then lose there's there's consequences for that. You lose the right to join those of us who did do the responsible thing. Yeah. That's, that's my view. It could be controversial, especially if you're 
in the, the no vax camp, but um, I don't I'm know this, this thing, you know, it, it could send the economy back into a tailspin and on and on and on. So I'm just, I'm so damn tired of this yeah, thing. And, 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 you know, it keeps leaving oxygen for new variants to that's right. The fire of a new variants to, to torture the metaphor yeah. to, to rekindle or flame up, whatever. And I feel really bad. I mean, I, I, I really uh, feel the, the hard place that a business owner, you know, owner of a brew pub, for example, trying to protect their staff, trying to uh, uh, keep their business going, trying to make their customers feel comfortable and dealing with how to, you know, require masks, don't require masks, have people sitting indoors, outdoors, all that stuff. It's, it's really tough right now. Yeah. And, you know, it's become such a culture war. So that's a shame. Uh, but I'm all for it. I say, yeah require proof of vaccination go for it yeah. by the way it happened at my gym for a while now my gym's like completely you know there's no it's all back to complete pre-covid norm, normal hmm. which is interesting <laughs> yeah it is interesting here in portland uh i haven't seen very much of this and and in a certain sense it's not surprising to me because portland has a really interesting political cast to it. We're very different than uh, New England, which we're often compared in that there's a strong left libertarian streak here. Yeah, yeah. A big the, individualism thing. That's the West. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the influence of the West. What I was going to say about my gym is for a while they were requiring proof of vaccination if you wanted to not wear your mask. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I wasn't around. Every once in a while you heard people grump, be grumpy, but basically they just made you show a picture of your vaccination card. So it's not the worst thing and the timbers open for a couple of games the portland timbers the local soccer team open for a couple of games um where you had to show proof of vaccination to get in and that you know that's that was like i think there were 80 percent capacity so something like twenty-two thousand people were coming in and it, it worked you know people were ready they had the little pictures on their phones so it's not the hardest thing to ask i mean you know, there are lots of ways you could cheat the system, but just asking people to show a picture of a vaccination card isn't that hard. Right. We, we know from uh, public policy studies that small barriers create big effects. So, yep. yeah. Well, should we turn to the main topic? Which yeah, is let's that, do it. That uh, Jeff shall now anoint <laughs> the best breweries of Portland uh, for 2021. I will attest, however to the, the fair amount of real research you did. I mean, you, you spent quite a long time going to a lot of breweries. Thank I got you. lots of texts from lots of different places <laughs> telling me about lots of different beers. Yeah. So this isn't just an off-the-cuff exercise for you. You take this very seriously. I, I do, and, and normally I can use research taken over a much larger period of time. Right. But with COVID, uh, there was this weird situation where I, I wasn't able to go to very many breweries. Uh, and so... Yeah, I had to. I had to race out there, make a very concerted effort to. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, the thing that the thing about this list is, I try to do two things. One, uh, make sure that it reflects the past year. Mm -hmm. So you know, if 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 a brewery like Breakside, who we consider bulletproof, right, like always going to be on the top list, if they came out with some bad beer, mm -hmm. had a bad year, yeah. uh, tried something that didn't work. You know, the, the the competition in Portland for, for quality breweries is so tight, and it's actually getting better. One thing that I learned going on my little my walkabout uh, this year was that the breweries were making better beer than they ever had. I think part of that is because the brewers had been... The black sitting, helicopters are here, Yeah, Jeff. that's... that's uh, you say. <laughs> Excuse us. As uh, a helicopter flies away. A, a year ago, that might have been for... Uh, 
Black Lives Matter protests, but this seems to be random. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's a flashback. There were a lot of <laughs> helicopters and there were drones. Yeah, that's right. And no one would admit to exactly who was flying the drones. Homeland yeah. Security apparently was the... Right. It was a fed. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get back to yes. anyway, this summer, the, uh, this nice bucolic summer in Portland, Oregon, by the way, which is quite nice. You should come visit. So there were there were uh, the breweries, uh, you know, brewers got to sit there for 15 months thinking about what they were going to make. And they came out of the gate making amazing beer. Mm. So... I really looked at who's who, you know, who made who is making really good beer now, not what you did a year or two ago. So, so that, that's part of it. Yeah. Go ahead. And then the other part is uh, I wanted to make a list that would include a style of beer that anybody, no matter what your preferences are, you could find on the list. If you know, if you if you're mm, like right. if you're a lager fan or a wild ale fan or an IPA fan, you're going to be able to find something on the list. So uh, you're so, going for a little bit for diversity definitely going for diversity okay. i wanted because it, it really did start out and i think it still functions mainly as a as a resource for people who are traveling here right. so so there right. are breweries that did not make the top 10 list which i mentioned uh which are making extraordinary beer including uh breweries like old town which won i think two medals at the gabf last year including right. one yeah. for pilsner mm -hmm. uh and it, who is normally on the list uh but it was just so tight this year uh there's so many good breweries that yeah. um there were some great breweries that got left off so and just for clarification, yeah. you're focused almost exclusively on the beer itself. That's right. Right. So you're not looking for ambiance and food and yeah, and that 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 would be valuable for a tourist. And right. if I were writing Sunset Magazine, I would probably have a few of these lists because, or you know, a few different ways to triangulate this because I think when people travel, they do care about that stuff. Right. But uh, it becomes too too many variables and kind of too hard to figure out. So I I tried to keep it simple. So this is my sort of my view of the best beer uh in, in different categories nice so this is for the real true beer geek who's the just real... focused, focused on the beer man that's right and if you go to the website and we'll put a link on the uh, uh liner notes for the for the show uh you'll see that it does uh each entry does contain information about whether food is available what the hours are and so on so you can make a decision um nice and that's all free by the way that is <laughs> free to you up on the internets. Uh, sort of free. Uh, your our friends at the Guinness Brewery, Rubens Brews, and Freem Family Brewers helps uh, pay for that by sponsoring the podcast or the the the, the site. So yeah, uh, and none of them are in Portland, so they're not. There's no. Uh, that's right. There's no. There's <laughs> none no, of them are on the list. <laughs> there's no skin in the game on those guys. So, uh, uh, but that's great. I'm glad that they uh, they sponsor good beer journalism. That's right. Or beer commentary. I don't know what you would consider yourself. All right. So how you're the captain of the ship, buddy. All right. So the, uh, how do you want to go? Let's start at the top, uh, and then we can go alphabetically let's after do, that. And then we can drink while we're doing this. I did something mm -hmm. I've never done before, which is I wanted to highlight the very best brewery in Portland. I saw that. Yeah. So are you going to start at the top? Yeah, let's do. All right. It's upright. Uh, upright. We've had Alex Ganum on the podcast before, and um, it's a brewery. Uh, when I'm outside of Portland, I'll mention upright, and I always get a blank stare. People just don't know about upright it's a small brewery in portland uh that uh has been around i think since 2009 they're not new um nope and uh all throughout when coming out of the gate alex was making amazing beers but over the years uh he has continued to he's he's kind of got a an interesting mind for beer and he he likes a kind of a broad range of beers and he'll, he'll follow passions like in a vein, sort of like a band, like do, you know, 
do different kinds of albums. Uh, and when he, when he launched the brewery, it was all uh, focused on Belgian styles right. Right. Uh, and mostly like rustic farmhouse styles, uh, which he still makes. Um, but then he got more interested in barrel-aged beers, and I believe he makes the best barrel-aged beers uh, in, in the city for sure, mm-hmm. some of the best barrel-aged beers in Oregon uh, and in the United States. And he, he's he, we've talked about blending in, uh, in past shows. He's a master blender, and I think that's one of his, his real <laughs> talents to making those kinds of beers. And yeah. you, you actually have one in front of you. I do. Uh, which is one of these beers. And he's been making these since the start. Uh, although not this style. Uh, not this beer. This is a... Yeah. So this beer is called Woodwinds. And it, on the label it says Woodwinds is a fooder. 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 And parallel saison infused with popular buds. Probably not those buds. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so this is Woodwinds. I'm going to open it now. And if it is those buds, and we're talking about this on the radio, uh, Alex may get a call from the OLCC. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, Alex got interested in loggers. He uh, released what has become his flagship, Engelbert Pilsner, which was one of the first Pilsners in Portland. I think it was responsible for one of the beers responsible for launching the great fascination with Pilsners here in the city. Uh, Yeah. And if you go down to his new uh, tap room, which is above the brewery, so it's a proper tap room now. Yeah, because the brewery got... was in the basement of this odd building, in right. an odd spot. Yeah. <laughs> so you really had to go, you had to know it's there and seek it out. Right now he's got a few uh, loggers on, which is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he got interested in IPAs. Yes. Uh, and now he's making IPAs and he's making them in a classic uh, Ganumian fashion which is to say they're not like other ipas they have a little twist a little character he's really good about history and so he is able to uh bring in techniques from other brewing styles and make really harmonious but slightly offbeat beers that's how i would describe his uh uh ipas and then most recently he's he he is indulging a passion that he had from the start in fact his very first beer was an english old ale Mm -hmm. called billy mountain which he no longer makes because it didn't sell I blame the rest of the world for not buying that beer. It was amazing. <laughs> I put it in the beer Bible as a beer to know. Uh, but it, so that was the very first beer he brewed. Um, so he loves English style ales, mm-hmm. but he's going, he's really doubling down on them by putting two cask engines on at the brewery. Yeah. And he's you gonna, told me, I can't wait to go. On. Yeah. It's fantastic. And he's going to open a second pub in town that will really focus on cask ale. So it's and I just, can't remember which one of our great friends of the prod, pointed this out but there's some english summer ale on cask there now Twas i oh yeah you're a pretty good friend of the pod <laughs> yes so uh, i gotta go check that out if it's still if it's still on uh yeah that's actually one the thing that's really impressed me is that uh the 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 <laughs> jeff jeff's uh, making very positive facial expressions and hand gestures about this beer which i haven't yet sipped so while you're sipping and then you can gather your thoughts i'll say that I've been really impressed because, yeah, when he started out the brewery, it sort of had this very particular identity. And I thought, okay, this is what he's going to do. And he actually designed this brewery with a couple open fermenters, and it was really neat. Good um, point. Yeah, that's I think, gives a lot of his different beers character because yeah. open fermenters are really kind of exist in most cultures. Yeah. So, And he's down in this basement of this building, so he, he created this room that had filtered air to try to control the, uh, the, the environment in there. Uh, and then just to watch him sort of explore explore these other styles and then do so so successfully uh and it's also 
uh, a great brewery in the sense that you really feel Alex in every beer you you drink. Like, yeah. like it's really an expression of him. And I think that's the very best thing about craft beer is when you really feel a connection to the people, the uh, uh, artisans who will, who are who are making it. And I use that term very carefully and deliberately. Like I think that's, you know, craft beer at its best is that. And I want to give a shout out to his longtime uh, fellow brewer, assistant brewer, Garrett Hill, who, mm. who uh, I think you're right that it reflects Alex's uh, personality. It's impossible to say that it doesn't, but Garrett has really become a partner in all of that. And I mm, think okay. they, they uh, um, yeah, good. Yeah. Good it's, you know, it's, it's uh, uh, with a brewery that's so defined and dominated by the owner brewer, it's, it's hard, you know, sometimes we give too much credit to one person, right. but um, I think Alex would be the first to say that he, he has a really good team there and, and they help all right, bring so told, decision up. So tell me what you think about the beer. Well, it's. I'm glad we chose this beer. I had not had it yet. Uh, the mm. truth is, uh, Alex just upright just does not release even mediocre beer. It's. I don't think I've ever had an even mediocre beer at Breakside or at uh, Upright. Um, but but very often he releases beers like this, which are just you know kind of astonishing in how 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 accomplished they are. Uh, this is. Uh, just so harmonious. It's it's a it's a seven and a half percent wild ale, and yet it's just so harmonious and full of wonderful fruity flavors that mm-hmm. are limbed lightly with acidity. It's got a lovely aroma, which with my cold adult head I couldn't describe to you very well, but I'm sure you can. Jeff, even 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 with my cold adult head, it's it's penetrating. It's rich stone fruit, so mm. apricot and peach kind mm. of. That's mm. lovely. That's really nice. Yeah, I mean, it's just I can't imagine anybody not liking this beer. It's got a lovely, a lovely tart kick, and but a but a a really silky mouthfeel and and full flavored. Again, the flavors are a little bit less distinct to me because of my cold, but right. Yeah. Uh, if you taste a beer like this, you would think that the brewery would not have the range to be able to make uh, a hazy IPA, which he had on tap when I was there most recently, as well as other IPAs. And yet, he, you know, he can kind of do it all. He, he is he is the most versatile brewer I've ever met. Uh, maybe Nick Karsner is in that camp, too, but right. it's really rare to find somebody who has such capacity for such diverse styles. So kudos to Upright. And if you come to town, now there's a proper pub there. You really should check it out. I mean, it's it's really our hidden jewel uh, here in Portland. Excellent. So some of these other ones we can go through a little bit faster. Well, hold on. Before, I just wanted to uh, – that's why I paused for a second. They have a new a new um, tasting room above the brewery, which is now at street level. Yep. In the left bank building. That's right. On Broadway. On Northeast Broadway. Broadway is one of those weird streets that goes into two quadrants. So Mm -hmm. it can be kind of confusing. But yeah, it's in the east side Broadway. Yeah. So if you're on the broad, you can look out toward the Broadway bridge when you're sitting on it, sitting in the pub. And two cask engines. And two cask engines. And he brews, you know, he's Alex Ganum. So he doesn't just brew random beer and put it on cask. He brews beer specifically for serving yeah. on cask yeah so. and if if you're if you're visiting town it's an easy walk from downtown to the to the left bank building so 
Yeah, it's a it's a healthy walk. A healthy walk, yeah. You gotta you gotta <laughs> earn your beer. Come on. A lot of a lot of public transportation there too. Yeah. So uh, it, easy easy to get to. It's easy, it's cent- yeah. it's centrally located. It is. I'll put it that way. Totally. All right. So that's up, right? Uh, congratulations, Alex. By the way. Yeah, you just do great work, <laughs> and everybody should go check him out. Yeah. Uh, the second one on the list is Berlick Brewing, which we have talked about somewhat, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I can expand a little bit. It's it's a little brewery that opened in southeast Portland. Um, one of those kind of uh, tap, you know, small tap rooms that opened in, in, in profusion five or ten years ago. That yep. There was a whole bunch of them. And I didn't pay a lot of attention. Uh, their beer was good, but not great to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there were uh, they they did they didn't make a lot of bad beer, but they didn't make a lot of beer that knocked me off my socks. Right. It's like okay, cool brewery. Uh, you know, I'll think about them later. And then about two years ago, they just went into the next level, and they they really make I think a wonderful range of beer. Now they 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 tend to focus on. Uh, hops, which is <laughs> not unusual, but they also do a great range of kind of traditional styles, which you don't see so much, which is which is cool. And right. they're really into lagers. And I think my favorite beer they make is a Hellas called Chill. Ah, yeah, I, great beer. I, I do love me a Hellas. And they, and I'm they're, not sure if I've had that. Oh, it's so good. It's really good. I'll have to seek that out because I love it. I love a good Hellas. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, where, right, it's, uh, gar- it's garbage day, and there's my neighbor. Oh yeah, we have all of the urban sounds. Yeah. <laughs> we have the rolling garbage carts. We had the the back. We had the uh, the backup deeper thing that was going on. There's some truck outside the front of your house. Obviously, we had the helicopter coming. So yep. who knows? Who knows what's next? It's it's city living. Uh, so where's Berlick? Berlick you- is in uh, southeast Portland on uh, I'm gonna say 12th, 11th, 12th. Yeah, something like that. One of those two. Uh, pretty near the beer mongers. Uh, and Apex Pub, so you can kind of do a little crawl if you're down there. Uh, just across the, you go across. Oh, the wait oh Berlick's now in the old, um, the old sports bar place. They 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 expand. They they bought the old sport. They were next to the sports bar place. They bought the yeah. sports bar and they continue to serve pizza there. And it's now turned into their barrel room, which is really cool. Uh, I was in there just yesterday, and they have this gorgeous it's really beautiful now they have this right. long wall of, of barrels so yeah. it's, it's super cool but that's 11th so i can tell you southeast 11th oh, okay southeast 11th just on the edge of lads edition so if you're coming in from downtown you you come across the hawthorne bridge you turn right take it right yeah <laughs> uh yeah i i didn't somehow i didn't didn't they used to be in a different location or they've always been there uh, they've always been there. They have a second location in northeast Portland uh, on Halsey called That's the Beer the Pod. Uh, okay. Or the Barley Pod. I'm sorry. The Barley Pod, which is a, a food cart right. r- uh, ringing around the pub. Uh, uh, okay. And actually, one reason I didn't I did not go to Bear Lake in my most recent thing because I was going to the Barley Pod fairly, re- fairly commonly over uh, – covid because it was the food cart so it was really handy ah very nice yeah that's the one i know so actually i've never visited bear lake in, in southeast portland so oh, it's interesting it's a lot it closer out. to you so it is yeah it is and i've been to that sports bar before <laughs> <laughs> i don't remember what it's called but anyway right uh after right. after that we have breakside i don't know that we need to say too much about breakside since we talk about breakside on almost every <laughs> podcast <laughs> Uh, but there's a reason for that. Yeah. They they make great beer and they're very consistent and they do a lot of different styles very well. And if this is the first podcast you've ever listened to and you were coming to 
Portland and you're wondering why you should go there, yeah. uh, the, the, the simple answer is IPAs. They, I think, are the one of the leading IPA makers in the world. Uh, they make, I, I would say, if you want to understand what the West Coast and Northwest uh, mm-hmm. style of IPA brewing is, yep. you, you just probably go to Breakside. That'll, that's a, <laughs> you'll learn a lot. It's like, it's like if you're in Bavaria and you want to learn about wheat beer, you go to Schneider. So uh, right. here, if you're here, you want to learn about IPAs, you go to Breakside. Yeah. And they have uh, north of downtown, they have a, a relatively new brew pub in the Slabtown neighborhood. Uh, that's really focused on IPAs, that brewery. Yep. The brewery was actually built to make IPAs. Uh, and they the have, original and brew pub is really cool. It is. And it's in, is it north or northeast? It is in northeast. Northeast, yeah. Northeast Deacom. Right. So in the Woodlawn area. And and they do actually make a lot of other beers. And I, th- I think if you want to try some of their other beers, the best place to go is the Deacom Brewery. Yeah. Um, they'll have their loggers. They do actually, one of their flagships is a, is a Pilsner. <laughs> so they're, they're quite... Uh, they, they they do have quite a bit of range, um, yeah. but but if you wanted to go to the the port, you know, we want to taste West Coast IPAs. That's the one to go to. Yeah, yeah, and those both places have full full restaurants, so you can you can get food and everything. And then they they do have their 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 main production breweries in a industrial park in in Milwaukee, southeast of Portland, and, and they've got a big tasting room there. They just opened, and this, this could be an expedition for us to take since it's not so far from your house. A new tap room in Lake O, Lake Oswego. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, good, good for them. Yeah, so, I didn't know that. I know it's just, that news had escaped me. It's like it, within the last month. I mean, it's very recently opened. So yeah, uh, yeah, they just do a lot of styles really well. But you're right, their 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 IPAs and their hop forward pails and things are just yeah, outstanding. Totally, totally worth the trip. Yeah, there was a there was one OBF where it was the the, the OBF where they introduced uh, rainbows and unicorns, uh-huh. and you you and I were, were sampling a bunch of kind of stuff, and we were we were starting to get tired of experimentation, and we just kept going back to rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, that's a fantastic beer. Yeah, uh, you might want to skip. You might want to uh, uh, alter the alphabetical order slightly because the two other beers we have to taste are at the end of the list. Yeah, do you want to let's let's try yeah. this one. So why don't we skip to uh, to Wayfinder? Yeah, uh, Wayfinder, as longtime podcast listeners will recognize, is uh, known for their their loggers. Uh, they're they're really built as a logger brewery. Uh, Kevin Davy, the brewer there, is able to do decoction mashing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's got a brewer, much like Breakside. This is actually an appropriate segue because much like the brew house at Breakside was optimized, at Slabtown was optimized for to make IPAs, mm-hmm. the one at Wayfinder was optimized to make lagers. And he, mm-hmm. Kevin does make uh, regular IPAs there. He has a nice hazy called Flower in the Kettle, one of the best names of any beer ever. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he also innovated uh, cold IPA, uh, the style that is now sweeping America, um, which – both are great beers, and I never drink them because he makes some of the best lagers yeah, on the planet. Yeah, and exactly. Why would I waste time if I want to? If I want an IPA, I'm going to go see what what they got going on at Breakside. Yeah. Every so once I'm, in a while, I might dabble, but yeah, yeah, if I go to Wayfinder, I'm going for lagers. Yeah. yeah. And and what we have here in front of us is a perfect I'm example. Really excited because I haven't had this. Yeah. This is a. Uh, so there's everyone in the United States knows uh, Czech pills, but. What they don't realize is there are really two versions of this beer in the Czech Republic. One is uh, the standard full-strength one that we know, 
And the other is a slightly weaker pub strength. By Chetney means pub or draft uh, strength beer. They 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 identify them by the the Plato uh, the original gravity. So the uh, uh, regular uh, regular full strength is t- twelve degrees, and this one is the ten degree. And as you Already can see, we poured this out. Beers. Oh my gosh! Very clearly decocted. It's full. Full color so does not look like a four point whatever percent. Four point two, I think. Yeah. I'll look here. Uh, need, my, need my reading glasses. Well, four point two percent. Yep. There you go. Yeah, it does. So it does not look like a you know like a thin light four point two percent beer. This is this is such a beautiful color. Totally rich. And it's we have a can here, and it's interesting. Uh, just I'm just reminded uh they, the brewery was not only built to make loggers but the draft line was built to, built to serve loggers and they build with those those european side taps central european side taps that uh they can adjust the 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 flow of uh head into the glass uh-huh. they build these huge fluffy heads which are so much better than you get in a can <laughs> a can does not uh, do That's it justice true. it doesn't, doesn't quite serve the same way yeah so in the uh uh, sorry, this is a little slight digression, but explain the. Uh, you you had mentioned to me before that they put in these special taps. What it, it controls the amount of CO two or something, or how does it? Yeah, so you can you can adjust the the amount of CO two that you get. So you could pour a whole glass of nothing but CO two. You uh, could okay. pour this. You could pour the foam first and then put the beer on top, which uh, is appropriate for some styles. Right. Um, and, and you could also get a smaller head if you, if you wanted see, it that way. But uh, uh, they also, if you've, if you've, if you've seen photos of like uh, beers from the Czech Republic, you, you might notice they're really thick moose like heads right. that last for a long time. And that's, that's another thing they do. They build these gorgeous heads. Uh, okay. And then uh, you've mentioned this a number of times, but I think just for any listener who's tuning in, hasn't, uh, indulge in the full <laughs> the full repertoire of the past podcast. Explain decoction mashing really quickly. It's the process of uh, it's a slow process of of building uh, melanoidins in the in the mash through boiling parts of the wort and adding them, pulling them out and putting them back into mm-hmm. the or parts of the mash, putting them back into the main mash, and it uh, it, it deepens the color and. Uh, uh, it's very time and labor intensive. It's very time and labor intensive. It'll give it a little bit thicker, fuller flavor. That's hoppy. It's hoppy. Yeah. yeah. This well, is good. this is such a good beer. Mm. And this is the kind of beer that uh, uh, was designed for. That's got to be what size? Yeah. Yeah. That's got to be size. You know, this is this is the kind of beer that you should have. I love sauce hop. Like, you should have three pints of this beer. This is, is, aren't sauce hops just the best? They yeah. are the best. They're I mean, definitely. <laughs> if so, you gave so, me only five hops for the rest of my life, <laughs> I'm taking sauce. It's one of my slots. Oh, it's so good. Mm. This beer, by the way, is called Tricorder. Oh yeah, we didn't even we didn't tell what the beer is. Which it's is Wayfinder's Tricorder. Yes. Which is a very nice uh, uh, Star Trek reference. No, it's a Star Trek. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's Wayfinder, and you wow, should know that's go there. fantastic. They, yeah, they do. They, and that's four point two percent, and you would never know. That's right. They they I do. Mean, you would know in a good way that you wouldn't be all drunk after you had a nice session with them. But that's right. But it's super full flavor. But it's, yeah, you're not missing anything out of this beer. It's got that amazing lush sauce. <laughs> I'm just gonna wrap wax wrap shotic about the, the sauce flavor. But the thing that I love too is that uh, in a in a beer this light. There's a wonderful grainy bottom yes. note of, of uh, yeah. the malts, which yeah. is super cool. And 
as as weak as it is, it's actually fairly full flavored, uh, full bodied. So yep. it's a very nice beer. All right. Uh, Wayfinder is a cool spot. Yeah, I'm, it is. I, I'm kind of filling in the tourist. I'm doing the, the Portland Visitors Bureau. That's good. <laughs> Which is Wayfinder is a cool spot. It's on 2nd Avenue in sort of the old industrial southeast part of Portland, just across the river from downtown. Yeah, the Burnside Bridge, if you're – it really is walkable. Yeah. And, and people do walk across the bridge yeah. to get to it. And they're in this old brick building. I don't remember what – I don't know what it was before, but – old brick building they completely redid they've got a beautiful brewery there that's all exposed you can see you can watch them brew as you sit there and eat and drink and they've got a great patio and deck um with a little fire pit and stuff it's it's a delightful and excellent food by the way that's one of the things that they really focus on they they're not it's it's a big cut above pub food it's good stuff Indeed. Uh, their menu has been very minimalized over COVID. Hopefully, they're starting to expand if, if the punters come back. So Yeah. All right. So now we've gone out of order, but you can get back on to the alphabetic order if you like. Yes. So we'll go back to Ex Novo. Ah, uh, an- yay. An- another small... That was a good... I'm supposed to give you corrections, but I'm going to give you one. kudos. That's a good one. Yeah. Because Ex- I think it's a little bit... Flies slightly under the radar and... It, it does, and it was one of those ones that would probably not have made the list had I not been doing my my roundabout. Yeah. I went to Ex Novo, and I was just absolutely blown away. I went with Sally, my wife, and we had three or four beers, and I said to her, well, this is obviously going into the top ten. There's no way this doesn't go. <laughs> this is an amazing beer. This yeah. is not even now, – now I'm more screwed because I was hoping that I would be able to eliminate Ex Novo and – yeah, I mean, else it's one of those breweries that I think, as as you've mentioned, just over time, you know, they would early on. I think they had excellent beers and okay beers and uh, beers, right? And then yeah. over time, they've just gotten more and more consistent and and better and better across the styles. And now it's, I think, it's one of the best. Yeah, yeah, and they they've they've uh, they've introduced beers over time uh, that have become standards. So uh, mm-hmm. their their Pilsner Pearl Haggard, uh, their Mexican Lager, which they're one of the first on the scene to do that. Mm-hmm. The most interesting beer in the world. Good name. <laughs> uh, and uh, their, their IPA, L8 IPA, and they launched that, a number of IPAs, and that's the one that emerged as their, their favorite. Yeah. Uh, but then they, they do traditional styles wonderfully. And I think mm-hmm. that's, they, they, you know, kind of lagers are, are, are definitely a theme. But, but uh, when I was there, they had uh, like a brown ale or something. Yeah, they're usually good for at least one or two English style ales. Which yeah. I'm- which is one of the reasons why I love them so much. They also do sour ales and not, not, they do do barrel ales, sour, sour ales, but also kettle sours. They're one of the breweries that kind of focus on those. And I mm-hmm. think they do a really nice job. They're delicate and summery and light and they're not super acidic. So they're pretty pleasant, pretty palatable. Um, and they always have, you know, some of those on as well. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's a, it's a classic. They founded the brewery as a brew pub. You know, it was, I think their idea was not, we're going to make, uh, you know, we're, we're going to compete with Alex Ganum to be the best and Ben Edmonds to be the best brewer in, in the city. They just wanted to make a nice place where people could, the neighborhood could come and gather. And then in the process just happened to make really good beer, hire good brewers and make really good beer. Yeah. And it's in North, right? Uh, yeah. It's not Northeast, North Portland. Yeah. Not, again, not too far from downtown, but that's a little bit of a trek. It's not it's- very far from Upright, in fact. They're yeah. actually, uh, and, and in fact, if you're if you're going to a Blazer game, those are two breweries that you might pre-function at. That's true. Not super too far. Yeah, and they they have a full kitchen and serve food, and it's a it's a lovely spot. And then they also opened an outpost in Beaverton of all mm-hmm. places, so the western suburb, right? Famed 
Nike headquarters town. <laughs> uh, and I don't, I've never been, but I, at some point I looked at the website and they look like they're pretty much offering the same beer, same food in both places. So. Yeah, I think that's right. I think right. the, I think, I think they only have one brewery. I don't think they have a brewery. In yes. I don't believe the Beaverton outpost is a brewery. I think it's just a, a pub. All right. Next we have uh, gigantic. Our friend Van Havig we had on the show. Yeah. Uh, gigantic is uh, another brewery that just had an amazing year. Um, they, they made better beer in, the, the you know the past 12 months mm-hmm. then i think they have probably made in any 12 month period up to it they just really stepped up their game um they're becoming more and more known f- uh, among a certain segment for their ipas mm-hmm. uh and they do hazies and and west coasts and other stuff yes. um they are kind of an immersive brewery so they have these wonderful labels and their two uh tap rooms are both uh, uh kind of <laughs> Tactile isn't the word, but atmosphere. There's, uh, there's, uh, <laughs> they have a character. Yeah, they have a character. There's a yeah. quality of being when you're at when you're at those places. You feel like you're at a gigantic location, uh, but but they also, uh, and I think this is Van's uh, kind of passion, are really into delicate uh, sessionable beers. So yeah. Sassy Pony is a pale ale. They do this really good, and of course, Colstastic, uh, which is a beer that Van loves Van is one of those rare brewers who uh, has Kolsch as his muse. And yeah. so uh, that's one of their uh, regular beers. And they also do great stouts, which is not actually too common. They have a regular stout called LP and then they do uh, various larger stouts throughout the year. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about Gigantic, and I don't know why this is, but they have more super fans than any, <laughs> any, do. any brewer yeah. that any brewery in town that I know of. So we're going to get our next brewer. They're going to mention uh, people outside of the city will think, will probably think has more super fans, but inside the city, I just encounter regular civilians like my friends. I have a couple of friends who are super fans of gigantic mm-hmm. people at uh, my wife's business are super fans. These, these are just re- regular people. And I just, I encounter them. In fact, when I mentioned that on Twitter, uh, a super fan weighed in uh, <laughs> to say, yes, gigantic is the best. And yeah. so I, I'm not, I would love to know what it is about a brewery that creates such devotion, but whatever it is, gigantic yeah. has it. Yeah. Well, they also, you know, they have a personality. Van has a huge personality. Uh, and Ben, ben does too. Ben and, that, too. and that's the cool thing is they're, they're complimentary, but distinctive. Ben love the other half. That's right. Gigantic. Uh, and you know, it comes through in their labels, just the name itself is ar- ironic intentionally, you know? Um, so yeah, I think that, that it's, you know, we were sort of talking about this Alec, Alex, Alex which is, uh, you know, you really feel the people behind the beer, mm-hmm. uh, gigantic. And I think that resonates. I yeah. think that's a big part of what, what makes craft beer successful. Yeah. They have other, almost, in fact, I'd have to look at it pretty closely here, but I think all of these are brewer-led breweries. Yeah. They're they're ones where you'll find the personality of the brewer. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 main brewery and tap room is in southeast Portland, close to my uh, uh, to where I live. It's very close to Reed College, mm-hmm. so it's on twenty sixth. Yeah, about to say twenty eighth, but twenty sixth, um, and uh, Steel, I think. And they do not serve food, but there is a wonderful Mexican food cart around uh, across the street, essentially, um, that you can go and get food and sit in their nice patio and, and champagne lounge. And I've not visited the new place. The robot room. It's the robot very cool. Room. It's out uh, in the east 
uh, East Portland on like 70th and Gleason. Mm -hmm. And it is a food truck kind of thing, although it's more of a food court because they're permanent. They're not trucks. Right. Uh, and there's amazing Ethiopian food there. Mm, uh, right. Hot tip. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. Get, check yeah, that out. I love gigantic Kolsch, by the way. Uh, and one of the frustrating things is it's kind of hard to find. They they brew a lot of one-offs, and yeah. the stores love to stock those one-offs. Right. And the Kolsch just gets kind of lost. You got to go to the you got to go to the brewery itself and buy yeah. the Kolsch there. You can do that. You're close by. You yeah. should do that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I see that we're running kind of long, so we should probably speed through some of these. Though the next one we can't speed through because it's kind of a an important and and polarizing brewery. Uh-huh. And uh, I think it was the one brewery that received the most criticism uh, in my list, but but not one that I'm backing off of. Yeah. Um, and certainly the most famous brewery outside of Portland. It's Great Notion, yep. uh, which is a brewery that makes, uh, they, they introduced North, the North, the New England model of breweries to Portland. Right. So not just New England IPAs, but um, milkshake IPAs and pastry beers, dessert beers, yep. and the culture of the kind of the cultish culture of uh, releasing one-offs that people line up for. Yes. Um, fled to the brewery and they've gone even further than that. They have a phone app where you can order directly from the brewery and it's kind of gamified. <laughs> uh, and they, they have all kinds of ancillary branding products uh-huh. that make it uh, wildly, you know, engaging and popular brewery. And they, they, uh, they, and they, they, we mentioned the last pot or two that they're opening a new place in Sacramento. They've also got a pub in one or two pubs in Seattle. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattleites can correct me on that. Uh, and uh, two pubs in Portland. I think maybe a third one on the way. So, so they're wildly successful. They're wildly successful. <laughs> and if you could, Which I think if always any always engenders a little bit of yeah. And if any brewery could repeat their success they would as far as a business model goes it is clearly the finest business model but it's very hard to do and part of the reason it's hard to do is whatever you think of those beer styles mm-hmm. they're not actually that easy to make right and so because you want to make a that one of their one of great notions uh, most popular kind of legendary beers is a uh, blueberry muffin beer they also right. have a, a pancake beer mm-hmm. stout if you want to make those beers taste like a blueberry muffin or a stack of pancakes um it's kind of hard to do and yeah. it's hard to do it in a way that is not only authentic to the original food, but also palatable. Um, and they do that really well. And it's quite hard. Uh, so if you if you started again to do all the things they do well, in addition to making the beer well, uh, it's very, very difficult to do. It's why they are continue to be one of the most popular breweries in town. Um, and also one of the most divisive because if people like Kolsch's or whatever, uh, it's not the brewery they go to. Although they do make a nice Pilsner. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, they're yeah. good, they're good brewers. It's, it's just, it depends on if you like those kinds of beers, you'll definitely want to go there. And if you don't like those kind of beers, there's a lot yeah. of other places to go. And I think it's, well, I, I a data point of exactly one, <laughs> I was going to say, I think it skews a little bit young, not because I know about great notion in particular, but because I know that my son down in Eugene and his youngster friends love a brewery down there called claim 52, which is essentially doing the similar things. Um, and they love that stuff. Yeah. So, oh, it's 100% young. Yeah. yeah. When you go to the tap room, I always feel like, hey, grandpa's skull <laughs> Grandpa's here. What's he doing here? <laughs> <laughs> the, the ambient coolness just dropped by two degrees when I walk in. Yeah. So, uh, great notion. All right. 
Uh, we have talked uh, a fair amount about the next brewery, Level Brewing, yes. uh, which also has a couple of locations here in town. Uh, they do uh, – the, the name of the we also had Jason Barbie on the uh, podcast. You can look for that as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they the name indicates that they're into balance mm-hmm. level, and they really are. So they do they do everything they do, and I would say uh, they do uh, hoppy beers, so pales and IPAs, uh, uh, wild beers and lagers. Those are kind of the things with a minor a minor a minor in uh, English styles, yes. and they're all done uh, with this kind of focus on uh, harmoniousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they do a, a fantastic job with all of those styles. So they're, 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 there were another brewery that I wasn't sure. There's there's 17, when you include the rest the rest of the best, there's mm-hmm. 17 be- breweries here. Yeah. And there's a few that I was like, I don't know, are they going to make it? And uh, when I went to level, it was like clearly going to make it. They're making spectacular beer right now. Yeah, yeah. I was really impressed when we went out and uh... – and got beer there. Next one is Little Beast. Uh, we had a Little Beast beer when we did our Kvike. Uh, Forkvanger or something like that. <laughs> exactly. Did I remember that? That's amazing. That that my really... little pea brain came over that. Forkvanger. <laughs> Forkvanger. It was uh, great. It was great. Um, little Beast is has one of the best uh, outdoor seating tap rooms in the city on Southeast Division Street. Mm-hmm. You can sit under leafy trees there, which is fantastic in the summer. Um, and they were originally launched uh, with kind of a focus on uh, barrel-aged wild ales, which I still believe they make uh, they you know some of the best in the country. Um, particularly their fruit, they they use fruit very well in those, so they're very harmonious and lovely. Yeah. Um, but lately they've started to they got into lagers, and lately they started to get into IPAs, which blew my mind. And in fact, uh, and uh, Charles Porter is the founder there, along mm-hmm. with his wife Brenda Crow. Um, he came from Logston Farmhouse Ale, which is also a wild right. uh, thing. So you would, you would expect him to be able to do those well. You would not expect him to make hazy IPAs like Fogmatic well, but that won an Oregon Beer Awards for the hazy IPA category. All right. Totally mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, and I think some of his more interesting beers are the ones that combine those two, where he uses hops and wild ales yes. together. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. those are the ones I find really interesting. And yeah. Fun and yeah. He they're hard flavors to combine. Yes. Uh, and he, he 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 knows how to fit those pieces together. Yeah. So uh, Little Beast is amazing. Excellent. Go check that out. Von Ebert. Uh, so, uh, we've already talked about Wayfinder and now we have Von Ebert. So the two beers that, the two breweries that won various tastes off make the list. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's a big point in your favor if you win Way- our taste Wayfinder off. Wayfinder won the Great Pilsner taste off with their Czech. Very classic Czech pills. That's right. And, and Von Ebert won for volatile substance their IPA. Yeah. And, uh, Von Ebert also does Wild Ales, uh, which they've won a ton of awards for. Uh, I think, I think they're getting more and more known for their their IPAs because yeah. they're winning more and more awards for them. Yeah. And they also do great loggers. And you mentioned their Hellas on our last. Well, podcast. I don't know if it still exists, but right. early on in their, in their Pearl district pub, the, uh, so there was a, 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 an outpost of fat heads, which is what Columbus, Ohio or Cleveland or something like that right. yeah, uh, I don't know. came to town and opened a brewery and pub and it didn't last. And that's, they bought that uh, and started their own brewery, Von Ebert. And for a long time, they had this, uh, I think they called it an unfiltered Hellas. I think it was just called something like, oh, I had the name in my head 
the other day, but now I've forgotten. Just like uh, you know, street logger or something, or or, or Portland logger. Uh, but basically, it was an you know, it was sort of an unfiltered Hellas, so maybe a maybe better known called a Keller beer or something. But it was light and flavorful and fruity and lovely and just fantastic. And and it's disappeared. So here's my plea: bring it back. Bring yeah, it, back. <laughs> it sounds fantastic. I don't I don't think I've ever had it. So. Every time you mention it, it sounds great. And I know that they can make it because they do great stuff. And they, w- when we were there, we, you and I actually went there together uh, not too long ago on my yep. roundabout. And yep. uh, they had Pilsner there that was amazing. So yeah. uh, they, do, they do really nice loggers. Um, they're in downtown in the, in the Pearl District, which is actually very near the old Henry Weinhardt's brewery. That's right. Uh, and they have a full menu and it's a nice place to go. Yeah, absolutely. All right. The last one we have on our list is... Also, will be familiar uh, to the listeners, uh, our friend Alan Taylor's brewery down at Zeugel House, uh, which, you know, is, is definitely a brewery that it's maybe not quite as obscure as Upright because it does get distribution to grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, um, it just does not get the attention it should. And I think part of it is because Alan is really cuts against the grain in that he does not do a lot of one-offs. Right. He has, he has his, you know, his kind of classic standards. Yes which he leans into and I, there's something he, he's a German train brewer and there's something very German about that. You know, it's like <laughs> you go to, you go to, something very German. That's very German. <laughs> yeah. When you go to Augustiner in Munich, you don't expect to have a one-off IPA. You know, <laughs> they, IPA. They, they make the best Hellas in, in, in the world. And by God, that's what you go there for. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's kind of how Alan approaches beer. And uh, the last one that you you're holding in your hand is, is his, uh, is his Pilsner. And earlier I teased a beer that, that, I drink a lot of that. Yes, that was that did not win our first Pilsner taste off, and it's his Pilsner is is a beer that um, it does a weird thing. I can I, it's one of the few beers that I can drink a pint of or a can in this case in about three minutes. I will <laughs> I will drink three three cans of this beer in no time at all. It's just before ins- you know what happens. It's just insanely sessionable, and it's a, it's got a big punch in the nose to begin with mm-hmm. and then it just drops into harmoniousness and yeah. it's like i just boy it's quenching it's the most quenching beer i think that's exactly right it's got this little nice little hot kick that at very first sort of hits you in the face but then uh drops away exactly and becomes this really lush lovely yeah it it and the crux is sort of the two things i'll just grab instinctively and i drink a lot of this as well yeah um it's a lovely 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 pilsner and the other thing i have to give a call out for I mean, I think this other beer that I'm going to mention would would put should put him on everybody's top ten list, no matter where he is. Uh, he makes a Berliner Weisse, a revival Berliner Weisse, uh, based on uh, yeast and bacteria cultures he took from an old Schulteist uh, uh, bottle uh-huh. that he purchased while he was living in Berlin. Uh, he cultivated those to use in his authentic. Uh, Berliner Weisse, which he was making so authentically that for years uh, he would submit his beer to the uh, GABF and they would say, no, you're making it wrong. <laughs> you know, and he learned how to make it uh, while he was in Berlin. He was looking at old logs. The style had basically died out at that time. Uh, so when he made his revival version, it was it was one of the only ones in the world that was authentic uh, and a link to the the traditional methods. Um, and you can still buy that every summer, and it's currently pouring out at Zoigel House. Uh, yeah. He makes it once a year. He puts it up for a year, uh, lets the, the wild yeast and bacteria go, and then and then releases it in the summer. And, it, you know, it's 
there's there's like five examples that are really truly authentic in the world and his is one of them and i mean as long as he keeps making that he's never falling off my list it's yeah. just amazing uh Zoyle house is a little bit far flung it's on 92nd southeast 92nd avenue just off foster road uh the one nice part about it is it's just next to the lentz uh light rail stop so if yeah, you're taking light rail from downtown you can get to it extremely easily that way and it's it's a it's a full full pub and restaurant yeah i maybe shorted you there hmm. sucker i was just looking at <laughs> oh it's, it's, always, it's always a little cloudy yes a little bit cloudy light colored really drinkable as you mentioned but uh it's a full full restaurant uh full kitchen pub and one of the nice things is they do regular pub food but they also always have a couple of german dishes usually on Fast-changing fast news, uh, oh. I, which oh. I did not realize. Uh, they're changing everything. They currently have no menu oh, because okay. they're remodeling. That. They're remodeling the brewery, and they've created uh, little holes, little kitchen kitchenettes, mm-hmm. like indoor food carts, basically. Oh. And they're going to uh, have those up and running. And then that's that. They wanted to get out of the kitchen business, basically. Oh, I see. So those are going to be independent. They'll be independent. And uh, ah, okay. he, I was about to say, oh, they're going to do sort of a beer garden style. But no, not quite. Yeah. No, it's more independent. And I think there are going to be three of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they there was a like a carpet store next door. And they got all yes. that space. And now they're going to have all this space. And it's going to be this. Yeah, it's going to be a Indoor beer garden. It's going to be a, it's going to be a, a massive German style beer hall. That's excellent. Yeah. I'm excited. That's really cool, actually. I'm, Indeed. I'm going to check that out when it comes. It's, it comes online. It, you definitely should. <laughs> All right. I, I'll just do the rest of the best and not go into them too deeply. Okay. Uh, these are in alphabetical order. Uh, and I'll, I'll mention as I go through which ones have appeared on past lists just oh. to show you how tough it is. These are these are breweries that I kind of considered like <coughs> on the list and then right. – you know, math. I couldn't fit them all in there. So we have culmination, which I think people should go to if they want to try uh, different kinds of IPAs. Half their menu is IPAs, mm-hmm. but they also yeah. do uh, sours, lagers, and dark ales. Yeah. Our friend, this is this one is so painful, and I took some heat on. Yeah, I'm giving you. I'm going to throw some shade on you, baby. <laughs> uh, it's ecliptic, and <sighs> and the reason is because I felt like last year was not ecliptic's strongest year. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Okay. It was one of those, like I don't have enough knowledge to say, so I trust you. Yeah, Le- level and ecliptic, for example, might have easily switched places. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah. you know just blown away by by some of the other breweries. I can you know I can kind of understand as you really have to, especially through COVID, you really got to pivot to, and they have a big packaging operation. That's right. So you pivot towards your big package sellers. Yeah. And you just kind of ignore a little bit of the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I can I can I can see that they're still great. Absolutely. They're definitely still great. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It pains me too. Uh, Occidental, which makes uh, German ales and lagers, old, kind of an older craft brewery yeah, here in kind Oregon. Of led, with Heater Allen, kind of led the way in yeah. terms of, yeah. Yeah, way back when. They're out in St. John's. Uh, our friends at Old Town, mm-hmm. uh, which- Great, great stuff. Yeah, just make amazing beer. And it, it also hurt my heart to not have <laughs> them there. I kind of become friends with Adam Milne, the owner. Yeah. Uh, he wrote for my coronavirus diaries. Great guy, great brewery, great, great place. They do pizza. Uh, Ruse, another brewery that has- Stones throw from my house and I still haven't visited crazily. Yeah, we got to go check that out. Um, they, I thought were a shoe in. Uh, and again, it was just one of those like- Yeah, they kind of cleaned up at the Oregon Beer Awards. Yeah, they did. And 
Apparently, I, I, apparently you know more than the judge of the Oregon Beer Awards. You know, I factor that in. Uh, I really factor that oh, really? in. I think oh, okay. I think it's important. <laughs> like, if you're winning a lot of awards, you're clearly doing something right, yeah. and yeah. and that helps like guide us. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I left them off, but definitely people should go. It, it is in a it's in a funky old building, and it's a cool place to visit. Uh, they are, I would say, they're the closest thing to a uh, great notion that we have, but um, they're not very culty. Um, they're more like yeah. traditional. The, the vibe in the place is almost Lucky Lab esque. Mm-hmm. It's uh, um, definitely not not hip hip, and although the people are very young there, yeah. uh, they just do a lot with hops uh, yeah. and they do some dessert styles. But they also do their flagship is a West Coast IPA, and they do lagers and grape brewery. And the last one is Stormbreaker, uh, which by far was making the best fresh hop beers last mm, year. Yeah. They just were killing it with fresh hop beers. Yeah. Uh, they're they're a, a, a kind of like a solid brew pub in town that makes really great beers. Uh, has never really kind of floated up to the top echelon, but I'm I, I, they're 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 starting to elbow their way up the list. So right. they're a brewery to watch. Yeah. And then I wanted to mention uh, over the past year, Hopworks really stepped up their game. Hopworks yes. is kind of an old brewery that has uh, has fallen into the middle of the pack. Yeah. And they were making great beers in the last year. I didn't I didn't put them on this list, but I want to say they got my most improved. And uh, I was delighted to see them making great beer again. Yeah, that's interesting because I only have sort of personal anecdotes, but I've run across a few of the newer Hopworks beers and I just thought, oh, wow, like, hey, they're back. <laughs> they're back on their game again. They're releasing a lot of beers, and they're good beers. Yeah, yeah. They're do, they're doing a fair amount of sours, which I don't totally love. But their IPAs, their their one off IPAs, are really knocking it out of the park. Excellent. So, yeah. And uh, just because I'm playing um, the Portland Visitors Bureau, and I know we're basically out of time, but I'll just throw in a few things. There are a few places you can go to kind of get a, a little more of the history of craft beer. I'm thinking places like go to a McMinniman's Pub. Mm. You're not going there for the best beer. But you're going there for the history. Right. Uh, Lucky Lab, you mentioned, that's what made me think of it. The Green Dragon is a rogue pub. Um, uh, that's another place. That yeah, you the, could, rogue, the Rogue Pearl closed during COVID. The so Rogue Pearl, so I can't send you there. Yeah. Uh, so there are other places that you can go to kind of get a little taste of the old histories. A lot of places are gone now, like, yeah. like uh, uh, Bridgeport. Yeah, McMinimins is definitely the oldest. Bridgeport. <laughs> McMinimins is the only one from that first group that's left. Yeah. So, yeah. So there are lots and lots of McMinimins pubs. You can't really, you'll trip and you'll fall into a McMinimins pub. That's Portland. right. So, so don't <laughs> worry. You can go to anyone. It's, it's all pretty much the same thing. Uh, yeah. So I'll just mention that. There are others, I'm sure. I'm just thinking. Yeah. And, and I think it's actually not a bad uh a bad point. You don't go there for the beer, but um, if you want to understand something about Birvana, yeah. the city, uh, going to a McMinnon's is pretty important. Yeah. So, and they have great properties. So, yeah. you can you you'll enjoy your your visit. Uh, I didn't talk this as Patrick mentioned at the start. I didn't really talk about anything with the beer, but the, they definitely have the best <laughs> pubs. They're really cool pubs. Uh, okay, so we better quickly pivot to to the mailbag maybe we'll just do one of these okay and shift the rest till next time do you have a preference for which one we do uh let's do uh i think we should do just the first one bjorn let's go back to bjorn (laughs) all right our old friend and you forgot to he told us how to pronounce his last name and of course 
Moskard, 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 maybe Jorn yeah. Moskard from Denmark. Do I get or is it Sweden? Oh no, if I got that, oh, wrong. it's all terrible now. It, you didn't put anything down here. Well, Jorn ways he, he comes through uh, Instagram, and so Denmark. He's Danish. I, I, get, I, get. I hate those Swedes. Those Swedes <laughs> Denmark forever. <laughs> All right, you. I, I've talked all this time, so this is up for you. All right, so but well, I suggest to you, so all right, I'll read it. Should I do it in an accent? No, uh, <laughs> please not. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. I hope all is well with you and Patrick. Yes, we're doing fine. Thank you, except for my cold. Inspired by a recent catch-up episode on uh, the Beervana show, I had an idea for an episode: beer snacks slash foods from around the world. It might not be easy or even feasible to sample all the snacks in studio, but <laughs> but maybe it's I laugh because our studio is the Jeff's backyard. Uh, but maybe it's worth a try. To start the list, Denmark doesn't have... Denmark. That's Yeah, I told you it's Denmark. Denmark doesn't have dedicated beer snacks, but chips and salted peanuts are common. Sometimes you'd see pork cracklings. Oh, yeah, pork rinds, we call them. <laughs> Latvia has a great one. Oh, Jeff, how do you say that? You've been to Latvia, right? Haven't you? Uh, no, oh. Lithuania. Okay. Uh, Kip Loku Graudzini. I think that's pretty it may good. may not be Latvian in origin, but they seem to be available everywhere. It's fried sticks of rye bread rubbed with garlic and salt. Ooh, that sounds that really good. That does sound awesome. Yeah. On an unrelated note, I finally found out how to rate you, five stars, please, in my podcast app. Thank you, Bjorn. Thank you. Oh, by the way, Bjorn, we owe you a t-shirt. We're still working on the t-shirts. Yeah. In fact, even before the show today, we I was, were going to announce something, and then we hit it. I, I, was about to, hit I was about to announce that the order had been made, and there was a hiccup. So. Bjorn, your t-shirt is coming. Yeah. Don't lose faith in us. Uh, yeah that would actually be an interesting idea you know a lot of the brew pubs around here have like the one thing you can almost always find is the pretzel and they're very different interpretations of the sort of bavarian pretzel uh but i always go go for it because i love it it's true um but i'm trying to think we'll have to think about this for a future episode like what do you eat with beer the snack in the snacky sense it's a good suggestion if you live if you're one of our international uh, listeners, and you know of something locally that you eat in a pub that's unusual, which how would you know it's unusual? Know, it's, it's usual to you. It's going to be like oh, a bag of crisps maybe, but right. otherwise, yeah. screw it. Just drink. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> yeah, a bag of crisps. I think that's right. So yeah, let us know. Uh, and thank you, Bjorn. Yeah, it's always good to hear from you, Bjorn. Thanks a lot. All right. Well, we this is getting long, so we better wrap this thing up. Uh, congratulations, by the way, to all the best breweries of 2021 in Portland, including the list of, what do you call them? Runners up. Uh, Other beers. Rest of the best. Rest of the best. Not best of the rest. No, it's the rest of the best because they're the best. (laughs) I think you just screwed that up, but okay. Uh, (laughs) Oh man, I nailed it. Please subscribe to us on Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate us. Five stars, please. Just like Bjorn did. That helps other listeners find the show. We'd love to hear from you, so please send your questions or comments to Jeff at Beervana Blog or on Twitter at Beervana Pod. By the way, Patrick, Luddite that I am, has just started a new Instagram, Beervana Pod Insta. So hopefully that's where some of our beautiful pictures, like our big taste off pictures, I posted one of Jeff getting preparing himself with 16 IPAs in front of him. Yeah, and I, I I did my usual glare at Patrick, so I'm gonna have to quit doing that uh, now that it's going out into the internet. So there's the Instagram. Oh, and the other thing I forgot we forgot to mention this, but we are having a heck of a time with Apple Podcasts getting our new art, <laughs> yeah. our Maris Otter, the the subject of our new T-shirts, the our our new logo up on Apple Pods. It appears appropriately 
and it's getting pulled from SoundCloud as the host we use. It, it's getting pulled appropriately. And so in the little podcast, uh, whatever you call it, app, the, the, the new thing that Apple has that you can manage your podcast on, it shows up there, but it's not showing up on Apple Pods. So if anyone has any ideas, yes, it meets all of the right image requirements. It's the right size. It's the right pixel. And it used to be on there. It and used then to be it went on away. there, and now it's just dropped, and they won't. And it's just the old one. So I don't know how to have, get them to refresh their cache. So if anyone has any great ideas, let us know. Uh, okay, I tweet. You're supposed to say this, but I'll just say <laughs> I tweet at Beeronomics sometimes. But now I've got my little Insta, and I'm trying to figure out how to work. Yeah, what you did is you Instagram. launched us into a new social media thing. We will now neglect because like the kids. We were on a pod. Because the kids are all Instagram, man. They don't do the Twitter. Well, that's fine, but we're still going to neglect it too, which will not help. <laughs> oh, uh, you have little faith. Yeah, uh, I rely on you for these things, Jeff. I know you do. You have. You have. Uh, I, I. I'm 100% aware of what just happened. All right. In my hand, I have the lovely Zoigel House Pilsner. As do I. Uh, and so, uh, gotta reach way out. Yeah. Cheers, Jeff. Cheers, Patrick. Mm.